So, uh, your journey packets, if you did not pick them up, they're on the table in the back. Offering baskets will be out there as well after the service for tithes and offerings, and also a chance to give in the offering that we were going to be taking for the Van Wykes later on. And so I'm going to share more about that at the end of the service today. But we are privileged to have uh, Bob and Barb Van Wyke with us. They are all the way from Spencer, Iowa. Is that where you're all the way from? Well, they're from Iowa. I mean... Iowa. I, and so it's a, it's a big place. It's a great place if you're from there. And uh, if you're not, it's just something you pass through. But they have been in Botswana for the last 12 years, and we have been privileged to partner with them the entire time that they have been in Botswana. And so we met them um, through Marla Hill. Marla is a relative of Barb. And so we encountered them and uh, we loved what God was doing in their lives and their hearts. And so we've been partners with them in that. And they're here today to share a report on what God's doing. And I've prayed that God would create a partnership a fresh partnership in our hearts so we know how to pray with them and how to stand with them as they do the work that they're doing in Botswana. So would you make them feel welcome as they come to share today? Good morning, Restoration Church. Rialo dumedisa ke liana lele matla la Jesu Christi. Hallelujah. We greet you in the mighty name of King Jesus. Amen. What a joy to be back with you. You a lot has happened since we were here last, like four years, a worldwide pandemic. Uh, venue change for you guys. So much has changed, but Jesus has never, never changed. And he never will. And I tell you what, I sense his presence in this house. Pastor Tom, leading in worship this morning. His presence is here. I feel like the cloud of glory is heavy with rain, and it's ready to fall. And to every heart that's seeking, it's going to fall. You just come on. It's right here. Pastor, when you said, look out on the horizon, something new is coming, I felt like the Holy Spirit say, no, look right up. It's right above you. The glory of God is hovering, and he's ready. And it's each individual heart saying, Jesus, I need you, I need you, I need you. As you do that, mm. Hallelujah. Here on, here we come. Amen. You guys have been praying and interceding for a long time, and I just want to tell you that's what I sense in my spirit. So be encouraged. But uh, we do give the Lord so much praise and thanks for you guys partnering with us all these years. 14 now since we were appointed, and then we've been on the field that um, 12 years. So it's amazing how quickly that time flies by. But we we cannot do this alone, and this partnership means everything to us in the advance of the gospel in Botswana. So here, I want to introduce our family to you now that we're empty nesters. When we first came, we had the littles all with us, but, you know, things change, and so now our kids are grown, and we have Austin and Jamie over here on the right. Austin's our oldest, and they got married in 2020, and uh, see, good things did happen in 2020, very good things, and uh, they live in Iowa City pursuing emergency medicine um, career. And Jamie's in law enforcement. And then our daughter, Stephanie, over here on the left, she is um, working for Africa's Hope. She got her undergraduate degree in English in 21 and then took a little gap year to see what's next. And now she's applied for graduate school in the fall to continue building her writing capacity and skills to be a best-selling author of novels. You'll buy them one day and you'll say, I know her. And then, uh, then our youngest, Cameron, he happens to be here in the house this morning. Cameron's on spring break. Woo! It's not every day. I mean, it's, it never happens that we have one of our adult kids with us in a service. So this is very, very special. He drove 12 hours from Texas on Friday, six hours in the car yesterday with us to get here, and he is just a rock star. And uh, he's noted he's sporting the Jesus hair. He took one look at his at his dad's hair don't and said, "I've only got a few years for this hairdo." And so uh, he's rocking the hair while he can, and I think it looks pretty awesome. So there's that. But you know, when our family landed in Botswana in 2010, the Lord specifically directed us to work with children. That was not something we saw coming, but he did that divinely. And uh, you know, the church largely ignores children in Botswana, in Africa. They don't see them. But Pastor Tom, even this morning when you talked about Jericho, Jesus saw that man. Jesus saw that man, and he met his need. And Jesus sees every child. 
He sees the masses of children, and he sees the one. And his heart is for them. And he put our hearts passionately in touch with the heart of children and the mission of the Father to bring children to him in Africa. We couldn't be more excited. Our vision is to see a kid-friendly church within walking distance of every child in Botswana. Yeah, that's a big vision. We have a big God. And to accomplish this, we partner with the local churches and we train Sunday school teachers, like's happening here, pandemic days with those masks. And... Uh, so we do that. We bring curriculum, uh, contextualized curriculum that any village in Africa could use. You don't need fancy stuff from Walmart or the magic store. It works. And so we teach them how to use it. So that disciples children in the church context. But you know as well as we do, most children are not in church, right? Mm -hmm. So God put on our heart to raise up this program, Gospel Evangelistic Ministry in the Schools. We have a national team that partner with us to write it, to develop it. Bob, with his minister, his education background, he's written a three-year curriculum. We go into primary schools every week. We're reaching probably right now about 15,000 children a week with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Woohoo! And we are seeing transformational change. And, you know, in each life, we only get 10 minutes. They say, yeah, you can come every week. We'll do it. You can get 10 minutes of our assembly where they gather all the kids in front of us. It looks like this. There's about 1,000 kids in front of us right there. We give them a 10-minute story. In that 10 minutes, we give them a, a Bible story. But we use the international language of children. Do you know what it is? Fun. It has to be fun. And as long as it's fun, Jody, they will listen. And they will listen in hard and they'll participate. And then we've got them and we say, okay, now why did we tell you that story? Here's why. Here's how it applies to your life right here today at school. Here's how it applies at home. Here's how it applies in your village. And then we say, let's pray. And they all fold their hands because they've been taught. And then they, they, uh, we just pray over them. Jesus. We speak Jesus over that whole assembly and all their teachers that are standing in the back. We say, Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, come with your presence. Help the boys and girls apply to their hearts what we just taught them. Whew, we've seen transformation, guys. It's so exciting. That's what you're going to hear about this morning. One, one little gal that... Uh, that, that we, we get to hear her testimony last summer because as we minister, we, we're ministering to thousands, so we don't typically get to hear the one story, but we did get to hear this story. Um, there was a young girl at a, in Bozzolano. This is Vanessa in the middle here. She went to Bozzolano Primary about five minutes from our, from our house, and she had been hearing Bob give the lessons, and one week when he talked about Jonah, she said, I don't want to be a Jonah, and so she asked Jesus into her heart. She wanted Jesus to live in her heart and not run away from God. And so, and then we always teach the boys and girls, you can pray, you can talk to God anytime, anywhere, and tell him what you need. Well, Vanessa's mother is a single mom. That was just her and the mother and all several siblings living in one room, maybe two rooms, very humble means. Mom had no job. And so there's no means of support. There's no social security. There's no mm, welfare, nothing. It's hard, hard times. You're just doing whatever you can to get by. And Vanessa thought, I could talk to God. I could ask him to give my mom a job. So she said, I went into a room, and I got down on my knees, and I said, Jesus, my mom needs a job. Will you give my mom a job? She said, that very night, my mom got a phone call from a guy that she knew of, but he said, do you need a job? Because I have a job for you. And it, and it's in a village 45 minutes away, but don't worry, I have a house for you too, for you and your kids. And you can work full-time, you can have this job. And Vanessa knew immediately that God had heard her prayer. So but now, but now she had to move 45 minutes away to a village, um, you know, so she wasn't going to be in Jem's assemblies anymore. Because at the time, we were only in six schools out of 805. So, and most of them were right around within five miles of our house in the capital city area. But you know, there was one village where we had a GEMS program. Guess which village that was? Yes, Kapong, where Vanessa's family moved. I remember we still didn't know her, and we didn't know this story. She was one of thousands out there. So then she got to hear Pastor Bob continue to teach as he goes out there every Friday, and we've seen a complete transformation of that school. And um, 
And so she, when we, then we were there last summer because we had a couple short-term missionaries come to serve with us. And when they do that, and if you guys ever come, we go and we out, out to the villages and we do crusades. We can do a Friday, Saturday, Sunday because it takes manpower to do that. So we just do it when, when churches send missionaries. So uh, we were out there in her, going to be in Kapong doing a crusade, so we make out little flyers and hand them out to all the kids at the assembly. Well, Jessica, Vanessa got one of those flyers, and she wanted to make sure she got to church. So when we started in the tent on Friday afternoon, we still, we still didn't know her. She was there. But we um, did the lesson, on, and when I went to the, at the end, I went to the keyboard. I started to lead the children in worship, how we, how we close and lead them into God's presence. And the Holy Spirit comes and ministers to them. But I just felt like there was someone that needed healing. About 250 kids in the tent. I said, is there anyone here who's sick? You need healing. And I'd never done that before, honestly, because this way the Holy Spirit's moving and, and then the ministry is fresh and new and wonderful. And I, and I just waited. There was about 15 seconds of white space. I just kept waiting. And then here came, and it was Vanessa. She came all the way from the back, picking her way through the kids. There were no aisles. She was carefully getting to the front. She came up and stood right in front of me as I was playing, got our prayer team around her, began to pray for her need. She came back. We didn't, I didn't know what the need was. And I came back the next day and asked if there's any testimonies. Did Jesus touch anybody? And she said, she t testified. She said, last, yes, I came up here to have you pray because my, um, my leg had been really, really hurting. You see, three months prior to that, in April of last year, she'd been playing with her friends, climbing a tree, fell out of the tree, landed on this right leg. And she'd been to the doctors. They'd done the best they could for her, but it, there wasn't any more that could be done. And, um, she was barely, she was pretty much immobile. She couldn't get around. She only stayed in the house. She didn't play with her friends anymore. She was really desperate for something to change. But she got herself to the tent. She would have had to walk there. And she said, as soon as you prayed for me, the pain was completely gone. But I didn't want to tell you because I was afraid it wouldn't last. But it did last. And she said, I went home and I told my mom, and my mom is so excited. She says, we're going to go to that church. Yeah. Yeah. And that, well, I tell you what, that just, that's so exciting to see how Jesus sees the one. He saw Vanessa, and he did many more wonderful things, but we were just so blessed to see her story. I said, Vanessa, when we were talking to her after the service, um, I said, is there anything you else you want to say and she looked at my husband she said pastor bob i don't know why you would come to a small school in a village in botswana and tell us about jesus but i'm so glad you did that's what our partnership is doing together guys because jesus sees the one Whew. and he's seeing one hundreds and thousands of times over and ministering to those needs but you know um we, it's, not, it's not for lack of opportunity that we aren't in more schools. It's that we have to get God to raise up a team of national champions because we, we train people to do this ministry. And uh, we've been praying and praying that God would raise up a national champion who even if we weren't there, if we could never go back to Botswana again, this primary school ministry is going to go forward because it's in the hearts and, and soul of the national believers. So God raised up this man, Mr. Ohono Shoswani, you can say Mr. OG. This man is a transformational leader. He represents the government of Botswana internationally. He's a mighty man of God in the assemblies of God in Botswana. And God has put a passion and a fire in his soul to reach these primary schools using the GEMS program. And we, are, we could not be more thankful to God. Answer our prayers, Pastor. As we're praying together, God raised up him, Mr. OG. He has the, national, the vision to see gems in every primary school, 805. And when we were with him for a day in January, he said, would you ask the church in America to pray with us that we want to double this year? Right now, we're in 23 schools. God did an amazing whoosh moment of the Holy Spirit last year. We went to 6 to 23. Six schools to 23 schools in like six weeks' time. Whoa! He says, I want to double that this year. I want to be to 50 schools by the end of 2023. Will you ask the church in America to pray with me? 
Pastor, that's how you, that's one specific request right there. 50 schools by the end of 2023. He said, after that, we want to double every year. And when we do, we'll be in all 800 schools by 2027. Can I get an amen? That is 750,000 children who will hear the gospel of Jesus every single week. And truth over time brings transformation. Hallelujah. Jesus is doing the work. You know, on the one hand, as we minister to kids in, what, in Botswana, we feel so inadequate because there's so many of them and their needs are so great. They don't have money for school, for food, for their parents, they're abused, they're preyed upon. But you know what? That burden isn't ours. That's Jesus. And he just sent us there. And if we give them Jesus, that's all we have to do is introduce them to Jesus and Holy Spirit and their father will meet every need they ever have. We always connect them to the local church. And the healthy local church is the hope of the world. Whether that's here on South Dakota or Kapong, Botswana. The healthy local church. That's how Jesus is changing the world one at a time for his glory. Thank you so much for giving us an opportunity to be here this morning to share. Bob's coming to tell you more of the story of transformation. And we're just so blessed for your partnership and all that you do so faithfully to support us. Make sure you stop by our prayer, our table at the back. Grab a prayer card. You need the new updated prayer card, all right? And the way, another, the way, number one way, pray for us. Put the kids on the back because when the kids are thriving, we're thriving. So when you pray for Bob and Barb, please also pray for our adult kids that they'll continue to flourish and prosper, be in good health even as their souls prosper. If that's happening, we can run all day long over there, can't we, babe? That's right. Amen. Preach the word. (laughs) Thanks, son. What is a privilege to be with you this morning. Good morning. Uh, thank you for getting up on this uh, spring forward morning. It uh, doesn't feel so much like spring, does it? Uh, but uh, we know what winter is like in the Midwest. Uh, wait a few minutes, it'll change, and then it'll flip-flop by the end of the day again, won't it? So you never know. But it's great to be with you. It has been a while. It's been, I think, when I was figuring it out, it's probably been 10 years since we've been with you. Uh, I met with our last generation. I know I just passed through with uh, Pastor Tom and just uh, just fellowshiped with him over a, <clears throat> a meal. Uh, and the reason was because Cam was still in boarding school at the time. And uh, we only had, we had literally less than one year to itinerate. And uh, so we had to cover a lot of time. We had to miss a lot of, of, uh, of our partners last time. And, and so this time we were taking much more time because we want to make sure that we, we connect well with those of, those of us or those of you that, that partner with us. We are so grateful for you. And uh, Barb has been sharing you with you some of the, um, <clears throat> some of the testimonies of what's been happening with GEMS and uh, the outreach into the primary public schools. There's a lot of work that still needs to be done. And I want to outline that to you. As Barb shared with you, I think she shared, maybe she didn't, but I used to be a primary school teacher. So, so teaching elementary school is kind of a I'm used to using props and things like that. So, so for my prop this morning, I'm going to show you a canister of Cheerios. We've got chocolate Cheerios and we've got strawberry Cheerios. And I'm glad there's a stage in between for those of you that are hungry so that uh, <clears throat> you have to work to get up here. But these Cheerios represent all of the population of Africa. In Africa right now, there are close to one billion people, if you can imagine. Now, in the U.S. right now, there's about 330 million. So it's easily, the population of of the entire continent is easily uh, over three times the size of uh, of the U.S. Of those billion people, and you'll notice that it's divided into two colors. There's there's half that are chocolate, there's half that are strawberry. The reason for that is because in Africa right now, by the year 2030, not right now, but by the year 2030, half of the continent of Africa, 500 million, 
will be children under the age of 15. Right now, it's well over 400 million. Easily, easily exceeding the population of the U.S. Children alone, 15 and other. Can you imagine? It's, a, it's hard to imagine. Now, take those, those 500 million children, and that's my second container. And in my second container, you might see just a little just a little bit of brown in there. It's kind of far away. Some of you are just going to have to believe this by faith, I think, or see it online. And, um, but there's this little thin thread of brown at the top. Of these 500 million children in Botswana, 480 million right now, The Assemblies of God World Missions has 370 missionaries on the ground covering and, and, and building and helping the national churches in Africa. Of those 370 people, my wife and I are two of 37. Two of 37 that are reaching the 500 million children. There are so many countries that don't have, they, they have nothing for the children. They're just running. They're just going. They're just street kids. Free range, we'd probably call them. And nobody's looking out after them. Nobody's caring for them. The culture doesn't support and the culture doesn't nurture their children. We have a desperate need. There is a desperate cry to reach the children of Botswana and of Africa. That's one of our main prayer points, is that God would raise up laborers to reach these children. Because if we can reach these children when they are, when they are moldable, you know, the communists say this. Communists say get the, a, a child's heart is like wax. And someone that knows what they're doing can mold it and shape it in any form that they want to. And it's true. It's true. The, 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 the child's heart is the thing that is, a child's personality and their values are set by the age of 12. 12. That talks to the importance, it speaks to the importance of reaching children. And if we can mold and make them if we can share Christ with them and they can get the word of God in their heart, if they can understand the love of God that he has for them, that God loves them, that he made them on purpose for a purpose. Every one of us he's made on purpose for a purpose. Made in the image of God every time we look in the mirror. Every one of us is seeing an image of God. Whether we recognize it or not, doesn't matter. When we look in that mirror, when you look at your mirror, you're seeing a part of God. You are made in his image. And God doesn't make mistakes. Oh, there's lots of people in this world that will tell us he's made mistakes. There's lots of people that want to curse and, and they want to diminish and they want to marginalize and they want to, they want to categorize and they want to put us in, 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 in their slots. They want to, but not God. Not God. He's made everyone on purpose for a purpose. He doesn't judge us by our appearance. He doesn't judge us according to, to whether we perform well or not. He has breathed and given us the breath of life. And he loves that life. Everyone, everyone is special to him. He doesn't judge according to what the crowd says. He doesn't judge according to what the culture says. Because he is the author of life. He is the author of life, and he loves his children. He loves us. Jesus said these words. Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he said, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. He said in verse 16, Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Verse 17, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. 
They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak with new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. How can 37 people even think about going into Africa and trying to make a difference? And it's because of this message right here. And sometimes, even as Christians, we miss this message of what Jesus is saying. Jesus says, anyone who believes, he's telling us, go out, just share my truth, just share my love. Share my good news. I have come to set the captives free. This, this, this world has captured us. It tries to marginalize. It tries to, it tries to diminish. It tries to categorize and just push what they think is not important aside. And they try to ruin people's lives because even today, you know, you know the great divide in America. You know that even politically, you just mention the word politics, and immediately, emotions run to the surface. Immediately, the incredible divide and, and, and division that's in the country, Jesus is not in, in that. He's not in that. He has come that we might have life, not according to a political party, he has come to give life to anyone who believes. To anyone who believes and receives him. Because our sin separates us. But anyone who believes, anyone who accepts this gospel, he says, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. He doesn't say, no, just this little select group over here. No, this group that... Uh, no, anyone. Anyone. It is free to anyone. This isn't just for a few select. It is for anybody. And then he goes on. He says, it's, it's, it's just not being saved. But guys, when you're saved, you want to tell others. But don't worry. You don't do this in, in your own strength. He's saying, my power is with you. What is he talking about? In verse, in, in, in verse 17, he says, these miraculous signs will accompany. Will accompany. He doesn't say maybe, sometimes, occasionally. No, they will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. We have a spiritual authority. We don't have to fear. We don't have to be afraid of the, of the enemy. We don't have to be afraid of the demonic realm. We have authority through Jesus Christ. And those demons have to bow at the name of Jesus. Those spiritual powers of darkness must bow at his name. He says they will speak in new languages. Verse 18, they will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. What's he talking about there? He's talking about snakes, that's, that's, that's threats from the outside, things that can kill us from the outside. He says, my power is there. You're going to handle these dangerous things that want to kill you from the exterior, and you're going to be fine. Don't be afraid. I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, sound thinking. As we get to know Christ, he fills us with that power. He fills us with, with that understanding. Fear is gone. When you experience fear, you got to know that's not from God. And he does not want you to experience that. He wants you free. He wants me free. Get rid of that fear. It's not from him. He wants us to live in peace, in victory. If fear keeps you up at night, God wants to set you free. He wants you to sleep. He wants you to get rest. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but I just feel like somebody here, you're dealing with that. God wants to set you free today because he, he loves you. And in Christ, fear has no hold. Today, he wants to free you. 
Then it talks about poisonous. That's danger from within. Things from the inside maybe that, that, that are trying to get inside of us. And, and fear would be like that. Fear would be like to crying to creep up from inside and anxiety. Things like that. Worry and, and, and all of those things that try to eat away at us from the inside. He says, no, not in my name. Not in my name. Those places have no place in our lives to control us. It doesn't mean we're not going to experience fear from time to time, but we always bring it to the Lord. And when we bring it to the Lord, he cancels it out because his truth is greater. His truth is eternal. The God of the universe, the God outside of this universe, the God outside of this world is the one that has come and given us life. It has come and given you life. He's breathed in you that life, and he wants you to experience true life. Not filled with fear, not filled with worry, not filled with, with, with the concern, what are others thinking about me? What is, what is my status? How am I going? We are the son. When we come to Christ, we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. The one that spoke this world into being. Hallelujah. That makes every one of us significant. It makes you significant. Whether you want to acknowledge it or not, whether you want to embrace it or not, God loves you unconditionally. You, the world has, is not going to color God's, God's way of looking at you. He loves you. He accepts you. He wants you to know his truth and live in that truth. And so we don't have to fear these things that try to rise up inside. And then finally, he says, they will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Listen, I understand. Sometimes in, 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 our, in our living for Christ, we know that he chooses not always to heal everyone. We understand that, but at the same time, sometimes we give up because we think, ah, he's not going to heal me. Ah, not gonna. You know what? As long as I've got breath in my body, I'm going to ask for healing. Because I don't know whether it's today or tomorrow, but my God can heal. And I know it takes just a moment. And sometimes we need to just rise up. And, and you read about this many times in the scripture. We have to get to that place of, of as Pastor Tom said, of, uh, when he related this story, of desperation, of crying out. Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus. And let faith rise within us. And I'm not saying that some people don't get healed because of lack of faith. I'm not saying that at all. Not at all. But at the same time, we can continue to ask him and believe and trust him for healing. And we must do that. We must trust. We must continue coming to him. When those things happen, his light and his life and his love goes forward. Ten years ago in 2014, nine years ago now, in 2014, when I started going to these schools, one of the schools that I went to about five minutes from our house, the school didn't know what to do with me, so they, they wanted me to come, but they didn't know if they fully trusted me. Here comes this foreigner on their campus. Doesn't look like them. Doesn't sound like them. Weird accent. So they would allow me share the gospel every other week. They'd let me do my lessons every other week for 10 minutes. So 20 minutes a month total. And truthfully, my, my, my faith at that point was probably pretty low about making some type of impact on the campus. But I figured I was just there doing, doing my diligence, earning their trust, earning their, their confidence, and then one year, they would let me come every week. Well, I've earned that. I, we are going every week now on this campus, and the transformation has taken place. 
But during those years, during those first four years, it was every other week. In 2019, I'm um, substitute teaching at a, at a school or at our Bible college, Assembly Bible College, right across the street from us in, in the capital city. And in through the door comes a student. And the student walks right up to me. This is the next slide. Tamela walks up to me. I didn't know him at the time. He says, Pastor, do you remember me? I said, no. He says, do you still go to the primary schools? Do you still tell them about Jesus? I said, you bet. Still tell them. He says, you know, when you started coming to our school in 2014, I was a, I was a fifth grade teacher. And you would come every other week, but I was the one that is in charge of making sure that all the students were lined up. There were a thousand school, students at the school at that time, all the way from kindergarten all the way to, to uh, sixth grade. And so he said, I made sure that they were all lined up, everything was ready to go for you. I said, what you didn't know is that uh, at the time, I was an alcoholic, I was a drunk. My standard practice is I would go to school. I had, a, I had a seven-year-old boy. He was in second grade. And I would come to school and with him. He would go to his second grade class. I would teach my fifth graders. And then at the end of the school day, I would go. I would take my boy home. I'd drop him off at home. And I'd go to the bar and I'd get drunk. I'd come home drunk. And next day I'd get up and we'd do the whole thing over again. But then you start coming every other week, 10 minutes. He said, my seven-year-old boy, he fell in love with those Bible stories. So much so that he would come home after school at, on those nights and he would run up to mom and I and say, mommy, daddy, get out the Bible. Read, it, read me more Bible stories. I love these Bible stories. I want to hear more. So we did. He said it was August 22nd. So it was only two months after I started. So maybe he had heard maybe four stories. But he said, I came home. It was a Friday night, 2014. He said, I was drunk. And I, I was just coming home for a little while before I went back to the bar. I had already purchased more alcohol. It was in the car. And as I'm walking through the door, there's my family standing by the door. They said, the Assembly of God Church down the road, they're, they're having a crusade. Would you bring us? Said, even though I was drunk, I thought, sure, why not? So put the family in the car, and we're going to the crusade. And on the way to the crusade, the seven-year-old boy starts talking to him. He says, Dad, will you stop drinking, please? Do you realize the pain that this is causing our family? You, you know, sometimes we don't have proper school uniforms. Sometimes there's not enough food in our house. Sometimes, you know, it's not good for our family. We miss you. And this is not good for your health. It's, it's tearing our family apart, and he just keeps talking to his dad. And he gets to the church. He says, I, I park outside the gate. I'm not going in. I'm just dropping the family off. And I'm going back to the bar. But now the boy's pleadings turn to cries. And he starts sobbing. And tears are pouring down his cheek as he's begging his father, please stop. And Tamela said, he said, he said as drunk as I was, I couldn't help thinking, what kind of father am I? I'm causing my, my son this kind of pain. What, what am I doing? He said, I, I picked him up. And I walked in the church with him that night. I sat in the back row because I smelled like alcohol. <laughs> the Holy Spirit didn't care. Tamela got saved that night. 
Mel told me, he said, I went home after that night, and he said, I laid in bed, or I don't know if I laid in bed, but he said, I stayed up all night thinking about the choices that I'd been making in my life. Thinking about the choice I'd made that night. He said, I got up the next morning and went out to my car and took that alcohol, dumped it all out. He said, I'm done with alcohol. That's finished. He started attending church, started growing in his faith. Church rallied around him, discipled him. The pastor took him under his wing. They grew in the Lord, mentored him. In a few years, he is part of the church board, part of the leadership. In 2018, as he's continuing to grow, being a leader in his home, a leader in the church, his family now is, is, is healed, they're growing, they're thriving. He hears the Holy Spirit nudge his heart. He hears a call to be a pastor. In 2018, he enrolls in Assembly Bible College, starts taking the evening courses, starts learning what it is. That's what he was doing in my class at night in 2019. And last year, December 10th, excuse me, December 3rd of 2020, 22, Tamela walked the line. Tamela is an Assemblies of God pastor in Botswana today. He's going on to get his BA. He's going to continue to get his master's so because he knows he, he, he needs it for the work that God is calling him to do. It started with a seven-year-old boy who heard the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ and was able to minister to his father the truth and the love of Jesus Christ brought him and brought renewal, revival, saved, healed, delivered as the gospel of Jesus Christ took that family. Let me tell you, the gospel is not dead. The gospel is not confined to Botswana. It is not confined to any specific area of the world. It is alive and well, even in Huron today. He is here this morning. And that same message is for us today. Whoever chooses to believe, who says, God, my sin has separated me from you. My sin is destroying me. I need to be delivered. I'm tired of how this world has been treating me, marginalizing me, pigeonholing me. I've got to be identified as this. I've got to look like that. I've got to fit this sexual stereotype. I've got to do this in order to be, to be accepted by this world. And if not, they turn on me and they, they hate me. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me. Give me your life. Give, trade in your sin. Trade in your sin, your old way of life that this world uses to destroy. Come to me and I will give you life and life abundantly. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Church, don't give up in well-doing. Don't give up in well-doing. Keep sowing those seeds. Keep doing the good work. Because at the proper time, you will reap. You will reap what you are sowing. As you are sowing to life, as you are sowing to the Spirit, it is coming. More is coming. This is the day of salvation. This is the hour. And God's Spirit is coming in greater power, in greater authority.
upon this earth. He's not going to pass you by. Call out to him. Call out to him. He loves you. He loves you. Walk in his victory. If you're here today and you need deliverance, the power of the Spirit of God is here. He still delivers. We prayed for healing earlier. Don't hold back. Cry out to him for that healing, just like Pastor. Uh, that just lines up so beautifully with what, what we've been talking about. Cry out to him. He hears. Remember, you're special to him. You're made in his image. You're made in his image. He's not ignoring you. He's not. He loves you. Respond to him. He loves you. Father, thank you for this time that we can be in your presence today. Thank you for these people that are here today. And Father, for your love for them. And Father, I don't know every heart in this room, but you do. And Father, if there is anyone in this room right now, that Father, they would say, I don't know Jesus. I know that there is sin in my life, that sin has separated me from you, Lord. But today, I'm ready to surrender. Today, I'm ready to give my life to you. Today, I want to experience the freedom and the joy of being free from my burden of sin. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And if you're at home, if you're watching by, by Facebook Live or whatever the, the platform is, this is for you today as well. Close your eyes right where you are. Whether you're at home, whether you're in a hotel room, close your eyes. You know you need Jesus. But if you're in this room and even in your hotel room, if you need Jesus, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. This is just between you and God. This is between you and God. But if you need him in your life, I'm going to ask you to respond to him just by lifting your hand, just slipping up in the air. By you're doing it, you're raising it to God and you're saying, God, I need you. I want you. If that's you, do that right now. Is there anyone? Anyone would say, I need you in your hotel room, in your bedroom, in your living room. Just slip it up. I won't see your hand. It's okay. It's just between you and God. If you need him, respond to him. And we're just going to pray this prayer together, believing that there are some that have raised their hands. But let's pray this prayer together of, uh, of acceptance before the Lord. I want everyone to say this together. If you know you should have raised your hand, but you didn't pray this prayer from their heart, that's what God hears, the sincere prayer from the heart. And we say it together today. We say, dear Jesus, I am a sinner. I have done wrong, but you have come. You died on the cross for my sin. You were raised again from the dead, conquering my sin. Come into my heart right now. I choose you starting right now. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your joy. Show me how to live for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. In your name I pray. Amen. And Father, I pray for anyone that has prayed that this morning. I thank you that you have heard that prayer and that their sin is removed. The old has gone. The new has come. And they find themselves in you. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, I pray for anyone that needs to be healed or delivered today. Once again, whether it's online or whether it's here, 
Father, I know that this prayer, uh, this, <laughs> it's just coming back. We, we prayed this once already, but, but Father, if there's anyone that should have responded, then they didn't. Right now, right now, hear the cry of their heart. Right now, see the desperateness that they have. And move in your power as they respond to as, as you respond to, to the Lord. Respond to him. Call out to him. He hears you. He sees you. He loves you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this life that comes from knowing you. That comes from living for you. And thank you that we don't do this alone, but your spirit goes with us, leading us and guiding us all along the way. We honor and glorify you. Now bless this congregation. Bless them, Father, with your life, with your love, with your blessings, with your power. And Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will encourage them build them, strengthen them in their most holy faith as they live for you to the glory of your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for allowing us to be with you today, Pastor. Thank you so much. We love you. Uh, please stop by our, our, our table. Barb told you, pick up a prayer card. We covet your prayers. Uh, and we, we appreciate, we don't go there alone. We can't do it ourselves. We go together. Be blessed in the Lord. Amen. Amen. What a great challenge to uh, for us today. And I want to remind you, if you want prayer and have not been prayed for yet, the prayer team will be available after service as well. Um, and so please find us over here in this corner. Um, stop by the table for the, the prayer cards. There's also baskets if you want to partner financially today with the Van Wykes. Um, the baskets are there for cash and check. Uh, make your checks out to Restoration Church and we'll pass one check on to them. And then if you want to give online, you can give online uh, Church Center. Use the guest speaker fund or you can text 84321, the dollar sign amount and guest. So any of the ways that you normally give are available to you as well. And so would you stand with me one last time? As we get ready to go, uh, prayer team is here if you want uh, prayer before you go today. And so, Father, thank you for the things that you've done in our hearts today. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to seal that partnership today. The things that we've been reminded of how we can pray and how we can serve alongside this couple as they reach the children of Africa. God, bring those back to our minds as we stand with them, as we partner with them in the future that you have for them. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being here. God bless you as you go today.